Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Bengals Line. Let's talk football. On First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. Let's talk football. Presented by Bud Light. Live at the Holy Grail. Brought to you by Bud Light. Famous among friends. The Holy Grail. Cincinnati's home for sports. Touchdown! Bengals! On the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. 801 on Fox Sports 1360. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. It's Bengals Line. Presented by Bud Light. First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. Yes. Great to see everybody hanging out with us tonight. I've had one of Nita's cookies. Oh, they're the best. Nita does a job. Excellent. Excellent. By the way, Dave, I'm being told on Twitter, Twitter does serve a useful purpose. I've been told your video game may have been Kaboom. Kaboom. That's it. Kaboom. You're exactly right. I, asked the, I turned to Twitter for the uh, the video game you played, and they have confirmed it was Kaboom. That is it. There you it go. Was water balloons, you got to catch them in the bucket, and Kaboom. There you go. Uh, we have a lot to sort through uh, from yesterday and look ahead to the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. Let, let's start with, with an offense, and, and we referenced it earlier, The and this is something Bill Lazor has been very good at, despite there wasn't much of a return on the investment early on in the, the process, going back a few games, but he has stuck with that balance and now reaping the rewards of all that. There's no doubt, you know, and I think uh, I think the players respect that, you know, and appreciate that. And honestly, um, I, I, I know for a fact that that mentality has helped the offensive line and pass protection because even when they weren't generating a lot of yards in the running game, um, Opposing defenses had to feel like they should respect it. Yeah, and um, that's all it takes is is you know, okay, I got to play the right. Oh no, they are throwing the football, and you know it, it's it's built on a on a week by week basis. And then when they really had the productivity that they had against Cleveland, now they're in really good shape. And uh, I, th- I think play action is a lot easier to execute now. And it's maximum protection, and and he's getting a lot of separation, a lot of space, a lot of time to throw the football. So um, it, it's it's definitely paying dividends, no doubt. Dave, the thing that jumped out to me just in watching the the TV broadcast uh, again this morning, the blocking of not just the offensive line, but Ryan Hewitt, who had 14 snaps again, yes. he's had back-to-back weeks with 14 snaps. We we know he loves to hit people. Um, Giovanni Bernard was sticking his nose in there and picking up on blitzes. The receivers were blocking, and it, it, it's no surprise. When, when you see those final rushing numbers, when you consider Russell Bodine had, according to Pro Football Focus, his best uh, day of the season. Right. You add that all up, and when you get everybody committed to helping out and, and throwing a block, you're going to get a day like yesterday. No doubt. You know, uh, I think the physicality was there. And I think that, you know, it has to carry over and even accentuate and go to a higher level against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But uh, there's no question that 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 whole thing, you know, becomes contagious. And um, it's a matter of playing 60 minutes like that against the Pittsburgh Steelers. You You cannot basically exhale. You know, you can't try to catch your breath. You just have to continue to push through and fight through and, and stay after Pittsburgh because they are 
uber talented for sure. You, uh, we've talked a lot about Joe's performance. Some of the other aspects of the offense. Tyler Boyd comes back, yep. has two targets, two catches, yep. the touchdown, and a heck of an effort to get to the third, to get to the convert the first. He's like a third down machine in his uh, small sample size of his career. But he made a, made a nice stretch and acrobatic move to get to the line to, to get the first down on the other catch he made. His touchdown catch was another example of the running game setting up. Oh, it's beautiful. Because he, he went like he was going to crack on a linebacker, Shelbert, and then just took off in the middle of the football field. Safety couldn't recover in time. But the linebackers were all coming downhill. And when he showed that, you know, run action, everybody bit. So, you know, it's very simple. If you do um, establish yourself at the line of scrimmage, it, it affects, there's a ripple effect that um, just... In, infects the entire offense. There's no doubt about it. It's so much easier to throw the football when you have Joe Mixon running the ball like he was running the football and being physical and knocking people backwards and knocking people over. There's no doubt. And, and Dan Horde, our broadcast partner, Dan, play-by-play -play on the Bengals games, he did some research on Ryan Hewitt. Ryan Hewitt has played 20 snaps or more in 24 games for the Bengals. 20 wins, three losses, and a tie. Ooh, that's a great nugget. So that, that, and we talked about it today with him. We did a little interview with him for Bengals Weekly, and, you know, he said, well, you know, there's always extenuating circumstances when it's a situation like that. We're ahead, we're running the ball, you know, and so I get more plays and more snaps. Yeah. But I think his persona no is, is like he's the he's the the poster child for the physicality. Yep. You know of the running Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Put him in the I formation, let him come downhill and smash some people, and uh, and he relishes it. He he loves he it. He really does. He does. I, he loves it. I, I watched him on one of the plays. He he hits the hole and, and blows up a Cleveland Brown, and and he even he he hit him so hard that he even kind of stood up straight, Dave, and he, he kind of shook he kind of shook himself like like. Wow, that was a hit. Yep. <laughs> and he he yep. kind of dazed himself a bit, but it's just that that's Ryan Hewitt. He seeks out contact. He likes making the contact, and he, he likes letting others know that he's there on that day and he's not going away. He, he loves the physicality. <laughs> I mean, when he was talking about it today, big old smile broke out across his face, you know. Um, and, and the thing that he does, Joe Mixon leaving the building. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you. Um, the thing that he does so well is a lot of times tight ends can't go to fullback because it's a different world. It's like you're at the line of scrimmage, your contact on outside linebackers, defensive ends is pretty immediate. Whereas at fullback, you have a big pass and there's a separation. And then a lot of times there are bodies in your, in your way and you have to sift through all that and then get your helmet on that, on that person. And some guys can't do it. You know, some guys just cannot make that, that uh, transition. He's done it seamlessly, flawlessly. And, I mean, he's got really good feet. He's got really good vision. So um, the versatility that he gives the Bengals offense, I mean, he's like a, a Swiss Army knife for Bill Lazor. I mean, he can line him up as a, as a fullback, as a tight end, as a wingback, as an H-back. I mean, and, and do, I mean, he can, he can block for you, no doubt. He can catch the football. And in a pinch, he can run the football. You know, put him, put him in there. And if you need a, him on a, on a fourth and one and you want a big, powerful kid to do it, yep. 
He's done it before. He did it at Stanford. He's done it before. So he provides you a lot of different uh, variations to his game. Speaking of tight end, Tyler Croft, the, uh, we, we talked about Joe's effort to sell it going up and over. Yep. Tyler, as he, as, as he comes off the block, kind of slides off of it, he stumbled a little bit, but, man, he righted himself. And that was it. The, the athleticism uh, from that stumble to righting himself to going up and making the catch, it was a heck of a play. It was a great play. And uh, now on the season... He's got 31 catches and five of them are touchdowns. Mm. So about one every six catches, he's cashing in. You know, uh, it's a house call in the end zone. Uh, that's that's pretty productive. Uh, it's it's really, uh, as you look at it, um, his ratio is, is pretty good, as is A.J. Green's. I mean, A.J. is still, he's got 53 catches and he's got uh, six touchdowns on those 53 catches. He's tied for seventh in the league with six touchdown receptions. So... He's, um, you know, basically one out of every nine, um, every nine of his receptions are for touchdowns as well. Pretty good productivity. Andy Dalton, um, I, I don't want to lose him in the shuffle of all this as much right. as we talked about the running game because he, he was more than efficient yesterday. Um, he's working on a string now, I think, what, 140 consecutive mm -hmm. passes without an interception? Most that's, in the league. That's five right. straight games w without a pick. Um, Dan Hurd had a, another nugget today on what his numbers are like since Bill Lazor took over. Off the right. top of my head, it's 63% completion, 18 touchdowns to only four picks. And I want to say, uh, what, 100-plus quarterback rating yep. in, in that. I'll look it up here in a second. But um, Andy's been very good. He has. I mean... He's, uh, he's got the longest stretch now of, of attempts without an interception at 140 because Brady threw one yep. yesterday, and that that's, uh, broke Brady's streak, who had the, the lead in that area. So, yeah, he's, he's operating uh, you know, very efficiently. And, and what he's doing now, too, is um, uh, Bill Lazor really trusts him with the run-pass option stuff. And, you know, they decided – we were talking to Bill Lazor today – and, and he knew that Greg Williams, he coached with Greg Williams, they were on the same staff, so he knew Greg Williams was going to come up with something different. Um, and and he, he decided that if Greg Williams was going to load the box like he did in Cleveland, they weren't going to try to force the run. So he had run-pass options in there and, and, you know, had Andy just counting the box and yep. saying, you know, make good decisions. What we want to do is get a lead. And, you know, Cleveland took that opening drive and go down the field and they kicked the field goal. Bengals uh, stiffen up in the red zone, holding to a field goal. And the Bengals came right down the field with Andy executing the run-pass option with the line of scrimmage and uh, hammered the ball down the field and took a lead, you know, with a touchdown. And at that point in time, things changed. You know, Greg Williams and, and uh, what, he, what he decided to do as the Bengals started to build that lead really changed. Yep. So they wanted to get a lead and, uh, and make Greg Williams blink, which ultimately is what happened. Nine games, I just pulled up Dan's uh, tweet from this morning, nine games since Bill Lazor became offensive coordinator. Andy has completed 64% of his passes, nearly 2,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, just four picks, and a passer rating of 104.1. And now overall, his, uh, his passer rating for the season, I mean, he's got, with that ridiculous uh, opener, you know, that I know he'd love to have that, yeah. but four interceptions, no touchdown passes. He's got... 18 touchdowns, eight interceptions, quarterback rating of 92.5, which is, you know, still more than respectable. He's tied for 10th in the NFL now with the 18 touchdown passes. So, um, you know, a, a, a rough start. Obviously, he's got, he's got 18 touchdown passes in 10 games.
because he didn't have any in the opener. So, yeah. you know, he's starting to chuck him at a pretty good rate. I always thought uh, I, I always thought Chad Johnson was the best I'd seen with the the tap tap of the footwork on the sidelines. The catch yesterday that, that AJ Green made, I, I I can't use words to do justice to just how good, just how athletic, the the focus, the concentration, the letting the legs go limp to get the feet. I, it's just it, it was a thing. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Beauty. Uh... The difference with Chad and AJ is um, Chad Chad has sweet feet and AJ does too, but Chad didn't have anywhere near the catching radius that AJ does because AJ's six four, long arms, forty inch vertical. Mm. Chad didn't have any of those things, so AJ could not only get his feet down, Chad couldn't have caught that football. It would have been over his head out of bounds. AJ climbs the ladder with the big <laughs> vertical leap, snares it at the high point. His whole upper body is out of bounds by a yard, and he gets both feet down and then drags the right. Unbelievable. Like, what? I mean, the body control, yep. the Baryshnikov, like, you know, dance ability. It's, it, it really is. He's like he's like a, a Gumby that has Fred Astaire in him, you know? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's incredible what this guy can do on a football field. And every free agent that comes here, every rookie that comes here, I'll talk to him, and after about two weeks, I'm like, you know, what do you think of the National Football League? Almost to a man. Man, A.J. Green makes some of the most unbelievable catches. He does it every day at practice. He'll make a one-handed catch. He'll make a crazy sideline catch. I mean, literally, at, at training camp, every single day, he'll do something like, what? And honestly, Lance, I think this game on, um, on Monday night, Ben has obviously... Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, and he's going to get them the football. And if Ben plays at a high rate, the Steelers are going to do a good job. Andy Dalton has to get the ball to 28 and 18. He has to feed his running back and feed his great receiver. And with AJ's catch on that sideline, it, it just shows you, even if he's covered, he's not. Get him the football. Yep. Somehow get him involved. Do not let him go a half without being targeted. Do not do it. It's a crime. Get him the football and then keep feeding 28. I mean, if Andy Dalton plays, you know, one of the better games that he can play of his career, those other two guys will feed off of it just yeah. like, you know, the other two feed off of Ben. I mean, literally, it, it, if, if Andy can compete with Ben at the quarterback position in terms of productivity, I do think... And, and he has the same mentality the Steelers do. Bill Lazor has the same mentality Todd Haley does of getting Bell and Brown involved. Get, you know, 28 and 18 involved for the Bengals. You've got to do it. That's the only way you can compete with the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a league of stars. You get the ball to your stars. Pittsburgh understands that. Final note on, on A.J.'s catch. It was such a ridiculous catch. You understand Hugh, Hugh disbelieving that he right. really gets So he throws right. the challenge. And, and, and I laughed this morning watching the, the TV broadcast because they after the, the, ruling, uh, the ruling on the field stands, it was a catch. They flashed to Hugh, and he just had that look on his face like, 
<laughs> I can't Come on. believe it. Like, no. I can't believe he made that yeah. catch. Yet at the same time, you, you were like reading his mind thinking, well, I saw him do that every day in practice. So I'll be doing I mean, every coach in the sideline, they all saw his footwork. <laughs> and they all, like, they went nuts. They exploded. Oh, man, he did it again. Another great catch. So I'm doing um, highlights for Channel 12 yeah. after the game and um, tele telestrating for the, for the taping it for the latest show. And, and, and at the end of the catch... The camera catches a, a, a shot of John Ross, like, the rookie's, like, stunned. So, you know, we finished the play, and then I circle his face. I said, yeah, that John, that's that's AJ. Why don't you get in there and get on the other side and make his life even better? Uh, because he was, he was like, whoa. I mean, that stuff is, that's special. That's rare to see a guy do that. I mean, AJ is, uh, he's, he's once in a once in a lifetime. Much more to get to. Dave Lapham, Lance McAllister, Bengals line. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. It's on the First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network, and Fox Sports 1360. 8.20 on Fox Sports 1360, First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network. It's Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. Next week, of course, on Tuesday night, following the Bengals and the Steelers on Monday Night Football, Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight, giving away some cool prizes. By the way, I don't want to forget about Kevin Minter in the first hour. Because I want to go back to what I said. Yes. One, that was truly a really, really enjoyable hour. Yep. Um, he's a really intelligent and articulate guy. But, I, you know, I, I double-checked before I asked him. He's only 26, and am I wrong, Dave? He seems like a veteran of a lot of years of experience and just the, the cool, calm nature and the ability to just... Just kind of articulate what's on his mind. He's just an impressive guy. He is. Old soul. Yes. You know, yes. I mean, I, I agree with you. He seems to be experienced beyond his years. Yes. Not just in football, but in life in general. I mean, he's uh, obviously raised right. Um, and, and, and that's what Jim Haslett, again, you know, his, his comment was, kid really is a good football player. He said, but man, wait, wait till you see what kind of guy he is. And uh, he said, you know, you can't go wrong, you know, with a kid like this. And he's right. Uh, Vinny Ray, Mentor, and th those guys are right in the same corner of the locker room, and um, that's a that's a that's a nice little nice little environment. And, and am I correct? They'll have a uh, he'll he'll have they'll they'll have a decision at the end of the year because he only signed a one, a year, one year deal right. as a free agent. It's kind of like a, a landing spot for a year and, and see what happens. So he'll have a, an opportunity to do it again. And and that's what's unfortunate. You have a dislocated elbow when you're on a one yep. year contract. It was kind of a, a show me contract. Yeah. Which, you know, Tyler Eifert might be experiencing. I did see him today as well. He was down in the locker room and uh, in good spirits. And I said, are you ahead of schedule? I am. And there's no more um, numbness, tingling. You know, he's pain-free. So he, he was very encouraged. It was good to see him. In fact, I asked him if he might be interested in doing some radio. And he said, not at this time. You know, he wants to really focus on um, you know his rehab and, and more can can more than understand that but I just wanted to pass along to everybody he looked really good um, he said you know I'm just focusing on rehabbing and getting back in shape and um, obviously you know bitterly disappointed with what took place but Kevin Minner like I said um, you know what, what's going through your head when you're on a one-year show-me deal yeah. and you make a play in front of Pittsburgh's bench and your elbow dislocates I mean but He's, he's done nothing but go to the meetings and contribute the veteran wisdom and, and uh, every way he possibly can from a, you know, all the intangible standpoint. Now he's going to get back out in the field and, and do some of the tangible things. And 
like like he said, he, he, he there's some rust and dust that he had to knock off, and he did. Um, I think his his graph is going to go up in a 45 degree angle from game to game. I, I think he'll look like a much different football player against Pittsburgh than he did against Cleveland. And what I what I appreciated is, well, a couple of those zone plays were yep. on me. Absolutely. And I take full responsibility. I'm the one. You know, I didn't fit right. I, you know, so a guy like that that will look in the mirror publicly, you know, and yeah. make that statement is, is, a, is a positive deal. I, I want to go back to what uh, we were talking about with, with Joe about the, the, the meetings and him hanging around after practice and going in on Fridays and talking with the offensive line. And I remember when Eric Winston was sitting here two weeks ago and he said that and how impressed he was that, that Joe met with him after practice on, on that Friday. And it just my ears kind of perked up because I could tell that Eric is a veteran who's been around for a long time was was really struck and moved by Joe doing that. Um, I, I don't think I'm underselling it when I say those conversations, that getting together has been a significant moment for, for this team in this season, Emma. I, mean, uh, I, I agree. I mean, the offensive line does it. They'll do it on Fridays as a group. I mean, you know, they have um, spent some time together. And, you know, again, it's almost like their own little mini-meetings yeah. and talking about a point. And, and so when Joe said, can I be part of that? You know, they, you know, embraced that with open arms. And, uh, you know, Joe's the one that initiated it. It wasn't, you know, the offensive line didn't reach out to Joe. Joe reached out to the offensive line, which mm -hmm. I think is a very um, positive step. Yeah. And, and particularly coming from a rookie who, you know, all, now it's like, oh, he's no prima donna. He wants to be good. He wants to be great. He wants to learn. He wants to figure out why. I mean, he's a prideful guy, like he kept saying. I just wanted to figure out what can we do better. Yeah. What, what am I doing wrong? So you go to coaches, you go to teammates, you look in the mirror. You know, I, I think Joe Mixon got himself on the right track pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, there, there are, you, you could imagine instances where the, uh, uh, pick any team in the NFL where the hot shot comes in, who was the guy at a place where he was racking up yards and big plays and big plays who, who could step on toes and, and lash out and throw them under the bus and say, why aren't you guys blocking for me? It was working for me at school X, Y, or Z, but he hasn't done that with his guys. And, and as a former offensive lineman, I, I would I would think that means a great, that carries a lot of weight. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I think, I think that's a guy that you like to, you know, go into a, a physical, you know, yes. uh, confrontation with, you <laughs> know, because that's what football is. I mean, you're moving people where they don't want to be moved, you know, all that that goes along with it. Um, that's the kind of guy you want to be working with. And I knew he was going to be like that, uh, maybe not to this extent, but the fact that he and Samarja P. Ryan coexisted. It's a great and, point. And they're, they're, they're both stars. And they both shared the rock at Oklahoma. There was no jealousy. It was like, we're teammates. Um, I'm supporting you. You're supporting me. One plus one equals three. You have a synergistic effect. So the way that he handled himself at Oklahoma, you know, not rocking the boat, yep. because his talent was obvious. And Samaji Piran is, is a very gifted player, but he's, he's not as physically gifted as, as um, Joe Mixon, but he's unbelievably powerful. I mean, he has a... He has a strength that is, is tough to deal with for a defense, but he's more, he's more one-dimensional and limited in, in some areas than, than Joe is. But Joe had no problem with Samaji Pirine setting a, a single-game rushing record in terms of yards. He was, you know, yep, the number one cheerleader about it. So the fact that 
he was that kind of a teammate, I think, you know, it, it would bode well for adjusting, and, and I think he's shown that. Defensively yesterday, they, they do allow 405 yards, 169 yep. on the ground. Yep. Um, but they register four sacks, though, by five different guys. They got 11 hits on Kaiser. Um, they held him in the red zone, oh, what, one of four in the red zone. Uh, you could say it's a mixed bag, but ultimately they give up 16 points and, and they win the game. So what do you draw out of what the defense did yesterday? Yeah, I think, I think mixed bag is a good term for it, you know. I mean, again... Too many third and longs converted. I mean, yeah. I'm looking, I'm like, geez. <laughs> I mean. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Come on now, you know, and, and again, it, it, it's not Tom Brady. It's not Ben right. Roethlisberger. It's Kaiser. It's Bortles. You know, I mean, yep. it's it's a uh, it's Osweiler. Yeah, and, you know, it's guys like that. So, um, you know, th those things have to be tightened up. And then on top of the third down situation, the, the fact that they were, I mean, gashing them pretty well right between the tackles. I thought both running games were very simplistic. We're going to come off the ball between the tackles. We feel, I, I thought, like I was mentioning earlier, Cleveland spent a fortune, $12 million a year at right guard, $10 million a year at left guard. Treader the center, they spent a, a bunch on. Those, those three free agents, well, they, they re-signed re Batonio, but those two free agents... They wanted to be able to run the ball like that, and they did against the Bengals, who I think, you know, it, they're better than the way they play. But with that said, you don't think Le'Veon Bell, oh. Pouncey, oh. DeCastro, that's three pro bowlers. You know, we're talking about three good football players, you know, that the Cleveland Browns have, not three pro bowlers. Yeah. So now you better do something to make that adjustment because... You know, if you were that soft in the underbelly of your defense, I mean, Pittsburgh's going to try to take advantage too. So I, I fully anticipate the Bengals will, will play the run a lot better and a lot differently against the Pittsburgh Steelers than they showed against Yeah, Cleveland. It was surprising, David, especially early watching what, what the Browns were doing with Geno Atkins, just just eliminating him. Yeah, yeah, just washing him out. Yeah, I mean, because Geno... Normally, you know, when he when he takes a, a sidestep and gets up the field, yes. it's powerful. Yep. Well, they, they were able to curtail that and redirect him, which, you know, doesn't happen all that often. But Gino still got his three quarterback pressures, was, you know, involved with a half a sack. Yep. And um, still they have, his they disruptive self. 33 sacks, which already equals last right. season with, what, uh, five, yeah, five, uh, five games to go. Yeah. Yeah, and five I, to go, and they've equalized the year. And I think that puts them in the top five in the NFL. That puts them at, uh, at number, number three mm. in the NFL. They're fifth in sack per pass attempt, third overall with 33 sacks. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, oh. they've only given up uh, 15 sacks, fourth in the league. They're fourth in sack per pass attempt offensively. Defensively, they have 38, Ooh, second most in the NFL. They're number two in sack per pass attempt. And, and last, the all-important sack ratio, in my opinion. Quarterback sacks allowed, quarterback sacks generated. Ooh, they're plus, plus 23, 23, number one in the NFL. Oh. 
<laughs> plus 23, <laughs> best in the league by far. So they protect Ben. They get after your quarterback. Uh, the Bengals are going to have to do a good job in that regard. Um, the Bengals are plus five with the 33. They've allowed 28. So uh, they're going to have to protect Andy, and they're going to have to get after Ben. Heading down the stretch, uh, work more on the Steelers as we continue. Dave Lapham, Lance McAllister, we're at the Holy Girl Banks Bengals line. It's presented by Bud Light on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network at Fox Sports 1360. 8.33 on Fox Sports 1360, the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. It's Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We do it from the Holy Grail Monday nights with the exception of next week. We'll uh, follow up the Monday night game against the Steelers back here on Tuesday night yes. from 6 to 9 o'clock. And Lancer, you or someone you know active in the community, like you are Lance McAllister, Kroger and P&G are teaming up to bring a community champion to each Bengals home game. We want to hear your story. To send in a story, email communitychampion at bengals.nfl.net and show off your stripes this season. Visit the Bengals Pro Shop at Paul Brown Stadium or shop online at ProShop. .bengals.com. Uh, let's see. Clean, let me clean up a couple of little things, then we'll really jump into the Steelers. We okay. you touched on the uh, the penalties early. For those who missed that, Marvin was was pretty vocal today in, in saying the, the Vontez Burbitt should not have been a penalty, yep. and Adam Jones, the, the the punt return, should not have been called back. Seaton Carter. So right. Seaton Carter, that was not a In which, I, even watching it on the, watching the TV tape today, they never even showed the replay to bring it into question. It was like the mysterious play, it seemed. It, it was it was unfortunate because he was way away from the play. Adam Jones was about 10 or 15 yards ahead of the action, but he was just making his block, and he and he hit him in the shoulder, you know, which is legal to do. And he tripped over a teammate, a pile. You know, he he got him off stride. He hit a pile, and he tripped over and went down. And I think the official. You know, saw the contact and thought that he pushed him from behind to the turf and, and threw the flag and unfortunately took a, a big play away from Adam Jones. And with the birth of his son, Adam Jones Jr., you know, they, they did the whole celebration, the whole nine yards for naught. But, I think uh, it's safe to say it's the first touchdown celebration of the birthing of a yes, football we've yes. ever seen, Dave. No doubt. No doubt about that. Drake, Drake Patrick was the doctor. Yes. He was the delivery room doctor. It was, uh, it was, it was crazy, but... Um, you know, that, that, that one was unfortunate, and Marvin said, um, you know, the, the Vontez perfect hit, legal. Not, not any, any problem. It was a legal play. So Vontez has, has made comments that, you know, they're not only targeting him, they're taunting him by cussing him out. He has said that officials are testing him with language to have Vontez perfect lose his cool. And I can vouch for it. it happened to me Ben Dreith remember he hit him oh yeah Ben Dreith were playing uh, the Cleveland Browns in fact and uh, there's a fumble and they they pick it up and, and advance it but it was blown dead or whatever and Ben Dreith was laughing about something and I just looked at him and I said that's real funny isn't it Ben he, F you drops it on me really? I, lo I, I looked at him I'm like what he goes you know says it again I go back to the huddle. I'm like, man, Ben Dreis just cussed me out for no reason, oh, no, none at all. Cow. So they, you know, it's not, it's not impossible. I can, I can go on a witness stand <laughs> and say that it happened to me. So the fact that uh, Vontez says that officials may have dropped uh, some, you know, distasteful language on him wouldn't shock me because 
It happened to me with a referee, the wow. head, the head referee. Wow. And I, and I, I did nothing but looked at him and say, "Yeah, real funny, Ben. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it?" And wow. he, for whatever reason, he took a major offense. I mean, it, it, it just that's everybody. Everybody has their their short fuses. Yep. Um, officials are humans; they will react uh, also. So, it, to me, it's not totally impossible. I was struck by uh, what Kevin Minter admitted in talking with great praise about Vontez Burvick. He said, "You know, uh, a gritty guy, an old school guy," and he said, "I'm paraphrasing now." He says, "I hate to say it, but a guy he says I don't think the the rules of the league now were were, were built for or, right. because Vontez is just and even even Kevin at, at 26 referenced how he came up and was taught to play the game of football and how it's different. I mean, it clearly is. It's a it's a different way that the the game is played and officiated now. There, there's no question. I mean, the hit that Peppers put on Josh Malone when I played that that was an every game occurrence. Yeah. Almost every other series occurrence where when you went and, and this was to the sideline which I think an official I mean if it happened in the middle of the field and there was there was you know shorter distance to the contact the fact that Peppers he he showed great range. I mean Andy had Josh Malone and man coverage. And and Peppers came from the middle of the field all the way to the sideline to deliver the hit. Andy threw had trust in Josh Malone because it's third and five. And he said, I'm gonna go to the rookie. He he's been running deep routes, he's got no he threw him a great ball. And Taylor's got his arm, pulled his arm back. The reason the reason he got blown up is Taylor's pulling his arm, so he's making the catch with his left hand. He can't Exposed, the, yeah, he, he was, can't get yeah. the right hand up and cover himself cover yeah. up the hit, away from the hit. So he's got his arm pulled back, makes the left-handed catch. He's totally exposed, and he gets drilled by Peppers. And it doesn't matter where the initial contact occurs. If it ends up helmet to helmet, and there's still photos, there's, you know, there's, there's video, his helmet ricocheted off his shoulder pads yep. right up under his chin. And that's what the NFL is trying to get rid of, those hits right to the chin where you get concussions. So and my initial reaction was, oh, man, that's just football. But in today's football, it's not just football. They're trying to outlaw that. He didn't launch. He ran right through him. And he, and he delivered a good hit. You know, they were safeties are always taught, hit him in the chest, separate him from the football. That's exactly what Peppers did. But he has to lower his target to the numbers, not up by his neck, not up by his shoulder pads. Hit him in the, in the, in the belly, in the sternum, you know, even lower. And, um, but that's, you know. Can, can you imagine the Chuck Cecils and Jack Tatum's oh. and others playing Doug Plank, the, Doug Plank oh. playing today in the NFL? You know, it's, um, it, it's, it's mind-boggling, really. And um, I think, too, the official said he came all the way from the middle field like a heat-seeking missile, never made a play on the ball. Yep. So he was going, he was going to the kill shot. Yep. And you know, and, and that's football. But when he delivered the kill shot, it got to his head. So threw the flag. But Malone, Malone, Malone had it. He had, he made a great play on it. He almost, uh, I thought at first, man, are they, what are they throwing the flag? Is it, is it? Did he fumble it out of bounds? Did he have possession? And um, you know, I just, to me, you know. I said on the air to Dan, I said, what if Sean Williams made that hit? What would we think? Because Sean Williams would do the exact same yes. thing, you know? Yep. And it's just, you, you have to lower your aiming point because any time, it doesn't matter where initial contact occurs, if you get 
the helmet to the helmet, they're going to throw the flag. If they see the head, um, you know, recoil, they're going to throw the flag. They're going to do it. More on the Steelers as we head down the stretch from the Holy Grail Banks. First Star Logistics, Bengals Radio Network, and Fox Sports 1360. Presented by Bud Light, we're at the Holy Grail Banks. We're back at it next week on a Tuesday night following Monday Night Football. I noticed uh, one of the many screens here has uh, Ravens and, and Texans. I've been asked multiple times today, Dave, which, if, from a Bengals standpoint, which team you should root to lose tonight between the Ravens and the uh, Texans for the purposes of the Bengals in, in the playoffs. Would that be... You, you want the, do you have a preference? Do you, do you want the Texans... The Texans win. I, I, the Texans won't keep winning with, right. with Savage. Right. So, right. and you you get you've already played the Texans. You still have the Ravens again. The Ravens are ahead of you. I don't know. This is, I guess you want the Texans to beat. No, I would. Be, yeah, you I want would. the Texans to beat the Ravens because right. even if they win tonight, I don't think they'll they'll win many more. Right. So damage the the Ravens and pull. Yeah. Okay. So there's. Now, I'm rooting now, for the Texans tonight. Now it pulls the Ravens yes. down to you at five and six. Yes. You play them again, and if you beat them. That tiebreaker's over yes. with. All right. uh, but, but you may not, depending on how the other games go, you may have that game lead over them, beating yes. them head-to-head. So if you bring them back to your, your record at 5-6, and six, you play them at the end of the season and theoretically could pick up a game on them yep. and, and, you know, and beat them. If everybody else wins out and Baltimore wins out and loses to you, you got them. You beat them. So I'd rather see Houston do that because I agree with you. I don't think in their division in right. particular, with you know Tennessee and Jacksonville everybody playing so much better, I don't see them you know winning many games down the stretch. Agreed. Uh, by the way, and I, I didn't mention this on air. I tweeted it, but uh, of note for those listening, when Joe Mixon's hour ended, he stayed another 10 minutes he after did. the hour to make sure everybody yep. in line got an autograph and or a photograph or both, and I thought that yep. was very cool. And, and, and he yep. did that the first time he was here. He did. And uh, I went up to him in the locker room today, um, had a, a late cancellation, and I said, Joe, uh, need an offensive player. I know you've already been out there with us, but it's at the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, it's an hour. Yeah, yeah. He had a great experience. He goes, yeah, that was fun. I'll do that. So kudos to the fans for making Joe Mixon feel welcome. And uh, Joe had himself a... You know, a good experience the first time, and I think a good experience this time. So it's a win-win-win for everybody. Absolutely. A couple of notes while I'm thinking of it as well. I thought uh, kudos to the Bengals for the the introduction of players yesterday with the military yes. personnel. Yes. That was a really cool scene Powerful. yesterday at Paul Brown Stadium. To see the players running out with the military personnel was, was very well done. It was. Um, we, Scott Simpson and, and Marvin Lewis were talking about it on Tuesday. Last Tuesday, when we were taping the uh, TV show, and uh, they were they were you know putting it all together, and, and it sounded like it was going to be pretty dramatic. And when you saw it happen, yep. it was very dramatic, very powerful. Absolutely, and uh, another cool get the band back together reunion weekend, and, and to be able to Sam Weish and, yes. and Reggie Williams and Tim Crumry, and, and they were part of the pregame yesterday. It was just. That vibe, that is that is gold. As far as as a, someone who grew up a Bengals fan and knows all those guys, and you play with a lot of these guys, yeah. that's gold to me to have the, the, those those um, players back together for those moments and, and memories and stories. No question, Lance, and it's it's great for the players because they have reunions. Some of them have not seen each other since the late 80s, 
and you know because they're in different parts of the country but uh once they get back together it's it's <laughs> remarkable it's like 10 minutes of time spent together they're like back in the 80s again you know it's like it, it all that time went away um and so that that part of it's pretty cool and i've been fortunate to to uh host this little deal we do on uh, dinner on saturday night at paul brown stadium it's very well done uh surf and turf lobster steak dinner and um there's a cocktail hour beforehand where the players all get together eat dinner we do this little q a for about an hour and and the stories that start flowing it's so much fun and and then another uh couple of hours or whatever back out there at the at the bar so it, it's been it's been great every single player that's come back has said i'm so glad i decided to do it because you know for whatever reason some had a little hesitancy but they are just absolutely uh thrilled that this, they decided to do it so i want to Give kudos to the to uh, Mike Brown and, yep. and and the Bengals organization, Troy and Katie Blackburn and Paul and, and uh, you know everybody involved. They, they've done they've done a remarkable job. The players have really really appreciated every single minute of it. Very well said. All right, we'll take uh, time out. Come back to we'll use our last segment for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Dave Lapham, Lions, McAllister, Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Girl Banks on Fox Sports 1360. 52 on Fox Sports 1360 in the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. Final segment, final news, notes, thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Steelers win last night on a 53-yarder. Oh, uh, wow, 31-28 the final over uh, Green Bay. Le'Veon Bell, uh, uh, the, the, the bees, a big, big night last night. Brown had 10 catches for 169 and two touchdowns. Uh, fantastic footwork at, at the end. Le'Veon Bell had 12 catches um, last night as well as the Steelers uh, struggled a little bit, but uh, but get it done last night in the end. Le'Veon Bell, 61 catches. He's 11th in the NFL, number one amongst running backs, obviously. Mm. A.J. Green has 53 Le'Veon Bell has 61, Brown has 80. They're getting the ball to their playmakers. Got to get the ball to your playmakers, you know. Um, Gio out of the backfield, I'm fine with that. Get the ball to Joe out of the backfield, let him run the football, and get the ball to 18, A.J. Green. And that includes trusting him on a 50-50 ball, yeah. a 60-40, yeah. a 70-30, whatever it is, he doesn't have to be wide open standing alone you got to have with the catch radius the footwork the hands and everything yep. else let him make plays the 13 yard catch yesterday in front of the bench should uh solidify that you know cement it there's no doubt that the guy can make plays that the average joe can't even think about making and um that's why you know and he knows it he knows he can do that that's why from time to time he gets frustrated you know it's like hey no, they still get the ball to Antonio Brown when people buzz underneath them, you know. And um, so it's it's a matter of, you know, I'm, I'm not I'm not saying lose your mind over it, right? But it, it you know, one in this game, they have to go deep to AJ once a half, once a half. Just take the shot, no matter what it is, take the shot. Remember when he made the catch against um, amongst three uh, Steeler defenders? Yep. Catch it, lands and, and buckled his knee when he landed awkwardly. I mean, that was like, that was a Hail Mary. 
it wasn't a Hail Mary, but it was a Hail Mary looking thing, and he can make those plays. Look, I, I, I know the, the old adage is, and coaches believe, and the numbers will back it up, but game, more NFL games are lost yep. than, than are won. And I, to a certain extent, it, look, Andy's on a streak of 140 without an interception, and there's that, that programmed that program in his mind of don't make mistakes, don't make mistakes, yet you, there has to be some rolling of the dice. When you have a talent like A.J. Green, you roll the dice sometimes. It can't always be a, a safe and sure bet to throw it to A.J. Green. And you have to trust, <clears throat> and A.J. has been pretty good about it, you have to trust that if it's not going to happen positively, he reverses the defender. and make sure that yep. they don't get it. And, and more times than not, in a 50-50 situation, if A.J is not in position to make the play, he makes damn sure they don't get the play done. Dave, the Pittsburgh Steelers, since week 10, they have allowed big plays through the air. They have allowed touchdown passes. I wrote down today on an ESPN story. They've allowed 54-yarder, a 60, a 61, a 55, and a 75. They have been chunked by big plays in that secondary. They're susceptible. Man, when I watched... Um, you know, Green Bay run a simple wheel route, and the corner goes on the post with the safety. I'm thinking, why don't they ever break coverages like that against the Bengals? <laughs> I mean, that was just a simple wheel route, and it turns into like a 50-some-odd-yard touch. And I'm like, damn, they just don't, whatever it is, the, the additional laser-like focus, because it's the Bengals, and it's the division opponent, and they do not break down like that. It's unbelievable, and... Uh, you know, but like you said, they, they've had their issues on on the back end. We'll see. We'll see if the Bengals can take advantage. They um, defensively, the two things that jumped out to me in looking at the Steelers' numbers today, and I just started counting, and I kept counting. They have nine different players with an interception. They have 12 different players who have at least a half sack. That's uh, that's your classic team effort uh, across the board, getting things done defensively. No question. And you know, this was uh, this was something that. Uh, that bothered me in the uh, in the Cleveland game yesterday. Not only uh, stopping the run, but the Cleveland Browns during the course of the game. I'm trying to find the play-by-play -play sheet here. Here, uh, where did I do with it? Here it is. They had I think six different players catch a pass of 20 yards or more. One, oh, two, three, geez. six. Wow. They had a tight end go for 27. Duke Johnson goes for 20. Coleman goes for 44. Britt goes for 38. Another tight end, Devalve, goes for 24. Higgins goes for 22. Six different players, 20 yards or more. That, you can't. Are you kidding me? And this is Kaiser, you know? I mean, they ran the ball for 169 yards and had six different players catch a ball down the field for 20 yards or more. What will the killer bees do if they play like that? So, I mean... Those are the kind of things they gotta. They, they definitely have to tighten up, and uh, you know, it, it is it is uh, it is interesting. The Bengals have done as good a job on Antonio Brown as anybody. He's only averaged, I think, for his career, like five catches for a game and like yards. seventy-four yep. yards. Yep. I think it is. Now he's killed him on punt returns, yeah. you know, uh -huh. um, and and he's the punt return guy. And uh, Juju Schuster-Smith, he'll be back, I'm sure. He'll be returning kickoffs, and he's caught five touchdown passes. Um, he had one against the Bengals, so you know I, it's going to be it's going to be a different football team than played against the Green Bay Packers at home. And that's crazy to say, but they'll come here into Cincinnati, where Ben loves Ohio. Ben dominates the Cleveland Browns oh. in Ohio, oh. dominates the Bengals in Ohio. He went undefeated his senior at Miami, Ohio. He loves Ohio. He comes into Ohio and says, 
I'm home. <laughs> That's it. I mean, it's amazing. The guy does not lose in Ohio. Our time is up. You made it. I did. I'm very happy. Thank very you. proud of you. I, you. I was worried about you. Thank you. I wondered about your voice. Go get some sleep, get yes. some rest, drink yes. some more tea, do some honey. And uh, we'll do it next Tuesday night, talking about a win that stuns the country as the Bengals beat the Steelers and move to 6-6. Six and six. Shock the world. Yeah. Shock the world. Thanks yeah. for hanging out with us tonight. It's been Bengals Line, presented by Bud Light from the Holy Grail Banks on the First Star Logistics Bengals Radio Network at Fox Sports 1360. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.